All Talk, Grandstand's Motor Racing Show. This is All Talk with Scott Rowlandson and Jason Bright on ABC Grandstand Digital, online and on your mobile. Yes, hello and welcome to the program. A massive amount to talk about today. Later, Daniel Ricciardo from the Red Bull F1 team will explain just what's motivating him ahead of the season start in Melbourne. Looking forward to the uh, looking forward to seeing all, all the flags, all these flags, and, that. and um, I guess yeah, knowing, knowing that they're all for me now. And you know, I used to see them, and I was like, yeah, they're, they're for Mark, they're not for me. But uh, but I guess now they'll, they'll be for me. So just try and use that and. Uh, Give me a bit more motivation for the race. You'll hear more from Daniel Ricciardo later in the show, and we'll preview the start of the Formula One season. But we've got to start on the Clipsal 500. Carnage and Adelaide as the V8 season got underway. Let me take you to lap 14, the 250k race on the Sunday, and we join the Channel 7 commentary. Okay, restart time. Puts it in the hands of Shane Van Gisbergen and in the acceleration zone. Look at them all spread out. They go in search of their own piece of real estate. They bump and grind and push and shove. And now they've got to come all back together again for turn one. Jason Bright over and over and up and into the wall. Oh. Oh, indeed. A slightly more bruised and battered Jason Bright than we normally find you. Brody, how are you feeling, mate? No, all good. Not as bruised and battered as what I would have expected to be having watched it now. Uh, You know, it was all pretty gentle. You know, the car did its job and... I was held pretty securely in the seat, so I, I was you know, pretty happy to walk away. What happened? Talk us through what happened from your point of view. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, on that restart, you know, we ended up with a lot of cars going into turn one side by side, and, you know, we just ran out of room. I tripped over Garth's front wheel, and uh, it got me up on two wheels before it sort of launched over the curb and uh, sent me in a bit of a roll. But, you know, like I said, it was all pretty gentle. The... The landing, the last landing, which um, I probably didn't get a very good score for, was probably the heaviest bit. It came down on the nose, and, and that was the bit that probably did the most damage as well. Mm, there was no, it wasn't a, a perfect 10 dive, that's for sure. Mate, um, for yourself, the car, what kind of condition is it in, and will you get it up and up and going by the time we get to the Grand Prix? Uh, that one won't be going. No, the, the chassis was a write-off, unfortunately, and uh, you know it's going to take a long time to fix, if at all. So they've, uh, they've pulled a new chassis uh, off the jig, and uh, it's been... Painted. The guys are basically into it as we speak, getting it all ready for the Grand Prix next week. So they're pretty confident it'll all come together, um, but it's going to be a, a lot of long hours ahead. Thoughts on the restart, the the new format, I suppose, in regards to the restarts? It's exciting. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's probably one word to sum it up. That's you know, not the, the word I was expecting you to use. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, if they want excitement, they got it. If uh, If they want to protect the teams and the drivers, then it's probably not the way to go. But, you know, I think there'll be a fair bit of discussion about it before we uh, we do that again. Um, you know, there's, it's certainly been, it's come under a fair bit of criticism from drivers and fans. But, you know, we uh, at, the, at the end of the day, it was probably made worse by the fact that Shane and Rick did go when they weren't supposed to and, and the Triple Eight guys did what they were told to do and, and you know, held back and... Uh, and because the rest of us have to rely on the engineers to tell us to go, they 
said go when when they saw Shane go, and that's that's what caused the massive concertina, what caused cars going into turn one, three, and four abreast, which. You know, there was actually two completely separate incidents, you know, my incident as well as a Scott Pye Holdsworth incident that, you know, caused a lot of damage. And, uh, you know, I think Scott's car is is uh, equally bad as mine. What it's meant championship-wise, Craig Lowndes got through the weekend, well, pretty unscathed. He uh, sits at the top of the points on 282. Your teammate, Brady Fabian Coulthard, second after Adelaide on 230. Van Gisbergen, third, 221. Rick Kelly fourth, and this man is sitting fifth. He won the race on the Sunday. A great way to start the season for the Holden Racing Team and for Walkinshaw. James Courtney, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> really well. How important to get that win under the belt and stay out of that uh, that carnage on Sunday nice and early? Yeah, no, I felt like Indiana Jones with, uh, with that big ball chasing as I was going through turn one with, as Bridie's thing was rolling. I, looked, I was looking in my mirror because I was passing Garth and making sure I gave him some room. And as I turned in, I looking in the mirror and I just saw this BOC bonnet like at my uh, my back wing and I, it, um, I didn't really click. I, I thought that must have bonnet must have come off or something. And then it yelled safety car and I looked up in on the big screen and I saw, I saw it, uh, a replay of it rolling. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting there for a while. Ex- exciting, a good word, Brody. <laughs> That's one way to describe it. You must have been... Must have been happy to get a win out of the way, you know, so early there, mate. You know, a lot of changes in the off season. Uh, did you expect to, to get a win so soon? Oh, to be honest, we um, uh, no, <laughs> we knew the Triple Eight guys were really quite quick. They showed good pace over the whole weekend. Um, you know, we struggled a little. We made quite a big change to the car on on Saturday night, and it was really pretty good on Sunday morning. It was really quite quick, but I had dramas with rear locking. Um, and I said to the boys, if we can thought that uh, rear locking the thing would be pretty good and right from the start of the race the car hooked up really well um you know like it was like Brady went straight away and you take off and you think all right this thing's pretty good and uh so we had really good pace and we were able to come through and start passing guys and and uh probably that was the, the point where i realized that uh we we're going to be in for a good day and and um you know it's good to be able to be racing at the front with those two and and uh with craig and jamie and and then uh then to come away with the win, for sure, it was fantastic. And like you said, Jace, it's uh, great to get that uh, first win with all the changes that we've had at the place. And Adrian's been working the boys pretty hard and, and um, you know, been, been quite hard on them with, you know, with what he wants changed and, and everything. So it was good to, to show those guys that, um, you know, we, if we're working and we are willing to change, we can get the results. So it's, uh, it, was, it was a good, positive weekend. James, after the Saturday, did, did you have, a after race one, a bit of a feeling of a here-we-go-again style of thing in the sense that you, you qualified well up in fourth and then the race slipped back through slightly? I know that wouldn't have been how you wanted that race to pan out. Was After that was the talk around the team, geez, I hope the, the luck turns around pretty quickly. Yeah, no, exactly. We were running, we pitted in fourth or third or whatever it was, and, you know, there was a bunk, the dodgy pit stop and, and, you know, and the boys, and, and we ended up coming out and, you know, and I think it was the early teens and had to fight back through a little bit. And, and, um, on Sunday night or Saturday night, sorry, Adrian was pretty hard on the boys and, and you know, with what went wrong in the pit stops and, and whatever. And, and, uh, you know, we came out and they, and they did some good stops on Saturday and, and or Sunday, sorry, and were able to uh, rectify the, the mistakes. But, uh, but yeah, it was, no, I, I, it's going to be a while before we are consistently going to be challenging for wins. I think still Triple Eight are very much the, the benchmark. 
Um, but you know, with how the car is now, as opposed to how it's going to be in a few rounds of time, it's going to be uh, very, very different. So there's some big changes that are still happening at, at the team, you know, with hardware on the car, and, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of time and, and before we can get all that stuff made and put on the car. Well, I heard from Bridie in regards to the restart. I see Jensen Button was weighing into things last night on Twitter, saying that. He thought perhaps things might need to change slightly in regards to the uh, the restart format. Apart from the fact that you're seeing plenty going on in your rearview mirror there on the Sunday, what what were your thoughts on the the new style and the way it played out? Are you happy with it? Um, look, I, to be honest, I didn't see that we had a drama with the way it was before. I don't know. You know, I don't think it was uh, producing as much action as what the organisers or the championship promoters wanted. So they've uh, mixed it up a little, and it's uh, they definitely got what they're after. Um, but yeah, I think like Jace touched on, I think it's, um, you know, a lot of team owners will be, uh, getting pretty upset with, with the amount of money that it's going to cost because, uh, that sort of stuff's going to keep on happening. So I think you'll probably find that it'll be, uh, quite a different process that we'll, uh, we'll have for the next one. So, um, you know, I think they're already looking into it. So mate, you got to dance on the roof. What, what's your move called? Frank, is it? Frank Who's Tank. Frank? It's a, it has a movie old Tank. school with Will Ferrell. So, uh. So no, it was good. It um, have a have a win is fantastic, but to have it after you know not only after you know everything that's gone on with my leg breaking and all that sort of stuff and missing the last round, but also with all the changes we've had and and uh, and then also put that you know with a huge crowd at Clipsal, you, you tend to get carried away a little, and I think uh, maybe the stage dive at the end was probably a little too much. Yeah, that was imp- that was <laughs> that was very motley crew. It was impressive. Um, one last one, Nick Perkat. Running third with a couple of laps left on the Saturday before um, he hit the wall and, and didn't really feature from there. What was the what did you say to him? What did the, the other guys around the team say to him? First proper race, I suppose, in the main category, and he was thereabouts on the Sunday just before uh, an incident at the end. What did you have to say to him after the race? Yeah, and I think as a team, we all everyone had a, well, apart from GT, um, yeah, we all had a really big good buzz on. Nick was still really positive after the race, um, you know, that last restart, there was, um, you know, Nick was fourth and Slady was fifth. So we had you know, three cars in the top six or top five, which was, uh, which was fantastic for, for us as a team. Um, but no, it's, it's all, it's, it's an excellent atmosphere in the team this year. You know, we've got three or four very positive people. Um, and, uh, it makes all the difference when you're in the, you know, when you're in the little room at the front of the truck and we're getting changed and everyone's amped and positive and, you know, excited about it rather than, uh, you know, last year we had someone that wasn't that excited about too much and uh, and was sort of bringing the buzz down. So it's uh, it's a really good atmosphere at the moment and, and everyone's pushing on. It's a great way to start the season. I appreciate you taking the call this morning and good luck for the rest of the year. Cheers, guys. You're listening to All Talk, Grandstand's motor racing show. One more comment before we turn our attention to Formula One. The other manufacturers, Volvo, straight away competitive and a podium for Scott McLaughlin. Uh, Rick Kelly sits fourth in the championship. The Nissans looked quick over the weekend. Erebus in patches, Brighty. Um, how did you see the the new manufacturers? Even though a couple now have been in there for their this is their second season. How did you see them their performance at Clipsal? Yeah, there's no doubt Volvo came out of the box very fast. You know, I was behind Scott in that first race, and and uh, man, his speed through turn eight. And he and he was between myself and and Rick at the time was was very strong and uh, you know they're going to be strong on on some circuits that's for sure. So um, I thought they they 
certainly did everything right. You know, like when we spoke to Gary at the end of last year, it sounded like they, you know, they've been able to spend the time to, to do it right. Um, you know, not been rushed into this year like the other manufacturers were at the start of last year. And the thing I was disappointed about, Brody, he, um, he last year when we said, have you got a big unveiling plan for Adelaide? And he laughed and said, it's not about the antics, it's about the car. And then he rocks out dressed as Bjorn from ABBA. So he'd obviously been planning <laughs> it for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, he probably didn't actually. He, uh, <laughs> that's just the way he rolls. He, uh, you know, he's, he's very random and, um, yeah, that's what we like about Gary. What about the Ford side of things? Did, were you, I suppose, expecting more from FPR from, um, Mark Winterbottom and Chaz Mostert in terms of, of raw speed over the weekend? Do you think they've fallen away a little bit in, in regards to where they sit in comparison to, well, really their main competitor in Triple Eight? Yeah, I think they they would be pretty disappointed as well. You know, it was really only Frosty that was up there all weekend, and um, you know, it's going to be uh, a difficult year for them if they if they can't sort of lift their game a little bit. But you know, I thought the Mercedes, uh, you know, Holdsworth had some good performances, qualified quite well. Will's obviously still finding his feet there, um, and like you said, the Nissans were were quite competitive. You know, they um, you know they were, they were inside the top ten more often than not. And, uh, you know, I think, once again, they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with on certain circuits. Um, you know, I think that we're going to see the manufacturers find their different niches this year with uh, with different circuits and different styles. You know, Triple Eight with a benchmark on the weekend, um, you know, and uh, and Holden's finished top five in the, in the final race. But whether that's the way it is all year, we'll wait and see. On ABC Grandstand Digital... This is Scott Rowlandson and Jason Bright with All Talk. All systems go for the Formula One season for 2014. It kicks off this coming weekend at the Australian Grand Prix at uh, Albert Park. Brody, what's most exciting for you about the start of a new F1 season? Well, I think it you know it takes us back a couple of years where uh, you know there were quite some significant aero changes. Um, you know, this time we've got very significant engine rules and and. Uh, you know, it seems to have thrown the teams into a bit of a spin. Uh, you know, I I think it's going to be another one of those years where, you know, you're seeing a lot of different winners. Um, you know, Red Bull are, are really on the back foot at the moment, haven't turned a lot of decent testing miles, and you've got teams like Williams who have changed into manufacturers and, uh, and, you know, benefiting from it a hell of a lot. Realistically, do you see it being a, a battle of three teams and perhaps an occasional other thrown in the Mercedes of Hamilton and Rosberg, the Red Bull of Vettel and Ricardo and the Ferraris of Raikkonen and Alonso. Realistically, would you expect the 2014 champion to come from one of those three teams? Well, I think it could be, you know, like I said, it could be a similar situation to what we saw a couple of years ago where, you know, the Brawns, you know, who would have picked them, Given the troubles they'd been through in the off season, um, you know, with Honda pulling out, you know, the Brawns came out and dominated the first bunch of rounds, and we we could see that again with, you know, with the Williams or or the like coming out of the blocks, and they've just got it right from the word go. Whether that's because of the engine rules or whatever, you know, it, it, when there when there's such a shake up like there's been, um, you know, strange things can happen, and and uh, you know, we saw the dominance of Red Bull the last couple of years, um, you know, maybe. Maybe uh, they're going to give everyone a hell of a head start this year with the problems that they've had. 
What about the um, one of the most controversial changes? It's basically Vettel proofing the championship in the sense that they'll award double points at the final race in an attempt to prevent championships being decided early is the official way that it's been put. Is that a good move to make sure that realis- realistically the championship's up for grabs until that final checkered flight? Well, it's, uh, you know, it can be a good move because everyone... You know, as far as the the championship's concerned, everyone can go to it, or, or the fans can watch it, knowing that it could change a hell of a lot. As a driver and as a team, you know, working hard all year and and uh, you know putting your best foot forward all year, it can be pretty cruel. And uh, you know, so it it is a it is a pretty bold move, I think, by Formula One. Um, yeah, we'll see whether we ever end up with a situation where. The championship has gone, you know, the other way, and uh, and you know, it looks like someone's been robbed on a on a good season. But you know, it is it is a pretty bold move, I must admit. What do you expect these things to sound like, Brody? They've been two point four liter V eight since two thousand and six. They're now a one point six liter V six turbo. In terms of what you'll hear if you're at the track at Albert Park or if you're watching on TV through the season, as a, as a fan, will realistically what what difference will that sound like well i mean they, they will sound quite different you know i think it'll be a, a probably a, well from my knowledge anyway I'd, I'd imagine it to be a bit harsher sound you know we got used to the high revving v8s and you know v12s over the last you know 15 or so years and uh you know the it, it'll definitely sound a bit harsher um but yeah I, I guess that's what we're that's what we're in for we're in for all new sights and sounds and, uh, you know, a lot of different technology coming into Formula One at the moment. And, and, uh, that's what we love about it. You know, we love all those technical challenges that the teams are going through at the moment and seeing how it pans out. Who between Raikkonen and Alonso, who will actually wear the pants mm-hmm. when it comes to Ferrari this year? Well, I mean, you know, that, that, that is a, a good question. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, believe in, in Kimi and, uh, you know, this is going to be a, a pretty big test for both of them. You know, they, they don't, you know, in in pre previously, neither of them mixed very well. <laughs> um, you know, whether it's you know with their teammates, um, you know, now you put two of the guys that that you know are usually the hardest to get along with for a teammate uh, against each other. It's going to be very interesting to see how that one pans out. You touched on Red Bull and the dramas they've had in preseason testing. We know that they've got a, a proven champion in Sebastian Vettel who will line up again in that team. Daniel Ricciardo comes in for Mark Webber. We'll hear from him in just a tick. But what do you expect will be the, um, well, what's a realistic expectation for him, do you reckon, this year, Brody? Uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if they get their act together and um, and can, you know, get some reliability, I'm sure that, you know, with, with Adrian Newey there and, and the team that they've had the last few years, that they will be competitive and be, you know, getting podiums and race wins. Whether that's right from the start of the season um you know it looks like it's going to be a challenge at the moment helmet marco's come out and said that they're nowhere near where they should be so they're definitely up against it at the moment um for for daniel you know i think that given that his pre-season testing's been very limited it's going to be hard to come out of the box really strong so you know if he does come out of the box really strong you know, i think it's going to be a a great endorsement for what he's capable of the rest of his career. And all the tension from an Australian point of view will be on him, no doubt, uh, as he takes Mark Webber's spot. He was good enough to join us for a quick chat after their last test to talk a bit more about the start of the 2014 season. I mean, it has been a, you know, a slow start and 
you know, we're not the only ones, but yeah, obviously we would have loved to have done more, more laps at, uh, at this stage. You know, this year with all the rule changes, it's it's a very complex machine. I mean, like like Formula One isn't complex already. They they sort of doubled it um, this year, and, and with not much turnaround. So um, it, it's a whole you know the whole new power unit with the engine, and, and you got the turbo and all this, the, the bigger curve system and all this energy recovery. It's a lot of it feeds onto each other. Like it's, it's like a big big system um, and it's you know if one thing doesn't work then it leads on to another and another so it, it's created you know some some difficulties for, for a few guys but um, we're, we're getting there we're getting there and I'm, I'm sure by Melbourne we'll, we'll have it all sorted and hopefully um, yeah start the season in the points you confident in the car yet? Um, in the design of the car yes yeah um, obviously you know reliability we've, we've still got to get on top of that's that's the number one thing you know we really want to get more laps under our belt but um you know, the design and aerodynamically, um, yeah, I'm confident. What about the expectations, Daniel? I know you've probably set some yourself as to where you want to be. You touched on it briefly at the start of the chat, and I know that everyone will be asking, like you say, can you challenge Seb? Where will you be on the the, the grid as we go through the first couple of races of the season? Have you set yourself a, a marker? I know last time we spoke last year, you were kind of targeting points in terms of the Toro Rosso drive and you had a, a realistic goal kind of race to race towards the back end of the season in that car. Have you got one for the start of the season in this new car? Um, mate, in terms of actual, uh, you know, position, I haven't, haven't really said anything. I mean, yeah, obviously I'd love to, I'd love to win. I'd love to win every race. Um, but, you know, I, I just want to definitely start off on the right foot and, and that is, you know, try and get up to Seb's pace um, as, as quick as possible and, and not, not spend too much time um, off it, you know. If, if I can challenge him, then you know I'd love to. And, and um, but you know, not, not only him. There's obviously a, a whole lot of uh, other list of, of top drivers. So I, I want to be in the mix, you know, in the top group, and and you know to be there from the start. So that you know when, when we come to a, a new race weekend, it's like okay, yep, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. Yeah, he'll he'll be fighting for a, you know for a podium or whatever. So. Definitely, I'm um, trying to establish myself with, with that group of drivers and build build on that. That's Daniel Ricardo from the Red Bull Formula One team. The full interview with Daniel is available on the ABC Grandstand SoundCloud site. Just uh, search for that on your search engine. You'll be able to listen to a much longer version of that interview. Jason Bright from Brad Jones Racing with me as well as we wrap things up this morning. Brighty, as we head to the Grand Prix, things for you what, what do you do now are you just sitting and waiting and in, in contact with the team almost daily to find out whether you've got a car good to go uh well yeah i'm, I'm speaking to them daily and uh, i'm planning on heading up there monday to sort of help out where i can and uh just make sure that we're all on track the car will hopefully get a shakedown before it goes to the grand prix so that the, the, the first miles that it turn on around the grand prix circuit but you know we'll um we're just you know trying to make sure that they're trying to make sure that everything is, uh, you know, ready to be bolted on and, and, you know, that we can go to the Grand Prix and put our best foot forward. It's, uh, you know, we're probably lucky that it's not a round of the championship, but, you know, it doesn't mean that we want to, don't want to go there and do a very good job. Just where you want to roll out a new car, isn't it, in amongst the uh, the concrete walls at Albert Park? Yeah, it's not ideal, but, like, you know, we've got to roll it out somewhere and, uh, you know, given... Given uh, you can do a, you can have a pretty big crash on most tracks. It doesn't really matter where we roll it out. Um, you know, we just want to make sure that we can start to to uh, build a bit of momentum going into the rest of the year. Do you name your chassis? Are you one of these drivers <laughs> that do. has a name? 
<laughs> we do. We named the last one the mistress because uh, the guys had spent so much time in the off-season working on it. They spent more time working on her than they did spending with their, their partners and wives. So um, so the mistress is uh, gone. Not sure what this one's going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to put that out to uh, to the public to name the chassis. For this one, another mistress is gone. Brody, I, I hope so. things... If, any, if anyone's got any good names, they can send it to me on Twitter. I look forward to hearing what you come up with. Um, good luck this weekend. Before we wrap up quickly, um, tip for the F1 season and for uh, Albert Park. Who you got for Melbourne? Who you got for the year? Well, I think that, you know, I, I think it'd be hard-pressed to go past one of the Mercedes cars at the moment. You know, they've certainly been the most reliable and... Uh, and you know best performing in all the testing uh i think hamilton if you sort of had to pick a favorite i'd say hamilton's probably the favorite as an outsider i'll uh i'll go massa i okay. think that you know he's he's in for a good year and and uh you know being ousted from ferrari is probably going to be the, one of the best things that's ever happened to him okay you'll hear coverage of the formula one grand prix on abc grandstand you can uh, keep up to date with what's happening via the website abc.net.au slash grandstand you'll find the podcast there you can also subscribe to it on itunes as well jason bright great to catch up